0: Good to see everybody here, that's nice, beautiful weather, it's uh, been a little chilly, but that's okay, that's okay, we don't want to jump right into into summer, so today we have with us Ruby Bean, and the reason it says TBA in the bulletin is because I had asked Ruby to speak really late this week, I had messed up my speaking appointments. And I'll I'll tell you a little bit. I had Pastor Sandy speaking this Sunday and Craig Luckenbaugh preaching the last Sunday. And Sandy said, no, 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 I'm not preaching this Sunday. I'm going to preach the last Sunday. So I thought, okay, I'll just flip Craig and have him come today. So I called Craig. And Craig said, oh, he said, I'd be glad to, but I'm in Tennessee so I said, well, okay, now who? And I opened my little notebook, and this young lady's name jumped out at me, and I called, and she said, oh, you dummy. <laughs> How did you mess that up? <laughs> and, no, she was very gracious, and she readily accepted. So we're, we're pleased to have Ruby with us again. And uh, we enjoyed her the first time she was here, so we're anxious to hear what she brings for us this Sunday. But before we get to that, we have a few things to do. Uh, Could I see the members of the search committee right after worship up here? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If we could do that, that would be wonderful. It won't be long. It won't be long. I know some people want to get home and see their boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff. So. Isn't that what you told me? Okay. Did anybody recognize any of the tunes that Megan was playing here? Yeah. The last one that she played, I. It, It sounded familiar, but I wasn't familiar. I didn't, couldn't put the title to it. It's Amazing Grace. Yeah. A different, different arrangement. And uh, I can only imagine. Pick that one up. That's a good contemporary one. But we are so blessed to have this young lady here with us and playing. And and, uh, we, God is good. We are really pleased that she's here. Now. Speaking of Megan, we have an opening hymn, and Megan is going to play for us. Are you washed in the blood? Let's stand and sing number 190. Get over there, dear. Yes. Oh, sorry.
1: Yes. Uh, There were two people that I had gotten updates on and the bulletin was already printed and the guide was done so I couldn't give him. So I'm going to report it now. Uh, Rodney Holland under various illnesses. This is Marion Ken's grandson. He has an enlarged spleen and liver Mm. and his blood plate was down to 5,000 which is very low. He was losing blood so they gave him blood transfusions. He's in the Hershey Med Center, Right. Yeah. I didn't mark that but I thought that's what Marion said. And uh, Marion and Ken's granddaughter, Michelle Fortney, was diagnosed with COVID. Oh, okay. So there were two things I didn't have in there on the prayer guide because they came in too late. Okay. She had already printed it. I, I just talked to Susan and it wasn't more than 10 minutes and I got oh. the call for Marion and bingo, she had it already done. <laughs> and I'm gonna let, I see Karen Bechtel's here, so I'm gonna let her report on her. She has good news. No, oh no. <laughs> Because I. Okay. All All right. right. I'm going to
0: let Karen report. We'll let Karen. Yeah, because I talked to
1: Karen, but I'm going to let her. Okay. And that's what I have.
0: Okay. Karen, we might as well go right over there to you. It's good to see you here, Karen.
2: Well, it was good news when I talked to um, Christine, my mother-in-law, hadn't been eating for a few days. um, My husband was gonna have to make the decision to do a feeding tube. Um, She started eating, and for some reason, a day and a half later, the um, med center decided to ship her to Mechanicsburg to rehab. Since she got there, she's been um, unresponsive. Oh. She's had a really high fever. Um, none of her numbers are really good. I was up with her last evening. Um, she doesn't wake up, she doesn't look too so just keep praying, please. Yeah. If she has,
0: getting your heart
2: failure, right? Yeah, they, um, I guess they done a um, chest x-ray at the med center and they done one at rehab and they see a difference um, just between the two with some heart failure.
0: Okay. So on your end, how is your foot?
2: Um, better since I'm using crutches. (laughs) Okay. They told me I could walk, but apparently they didn't know how far it was from the living room to my bathroom, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, we are glad you are here. Thanks.
3: We have one aunt and uncle that's still living on my father's side of the family, and um, my aunt Betty's not doing well either. She has pneumonia. So if you could keep uh, my father's sister, uh, Betty Snavely, in your prayers, we'd appreciate it. Thank you.
0: All right. Betty. 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 Like Betty Crocker? (laughs) Anyone else? Nancy, yes, of course, we talked about this before.
1: Just a follow-up, last Sunday, uh, Christine shared how Harry Bricker uh, and his son David, his wife Tammy, and Michael were so blessed with a $1,000 donation given by the Nehemiah Fund. They were in tears. And I went to share it with Bill, and I kept putting it off. So this morning, I called him, and I said how much the family was blessed. And he said he wanted the church to know that they don't have to uh, put that much money back in the Nehemiah Fund. he said, we're all one. I said, well, I will let them know that as the Lord leads them, they can donate to that fund. But he wanted them, everyone to know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, <clears throat> just to give you an update on that, uh, the Nehemiah Fund forwarded $1,000 to Harry to help cover some of his, his minor, minor expenses from the fire. And th- that, of course, came out of the Nehemiah Fund. And if we would like to donate back to the Nehemiah Fund, just cut a check, payable to the Nehemiah Fund, you can give it right to Nancy or put it in her mailbox or run it through Linda and uh, Linda will give it back. That way, if you give it to Linda, she can give you credit on your tax statements and then it will go back over to Nancy and Nancy will take care of it. So, And it doesn't have to be today. You know, anytime, anytime during the year, if you want to feel that you're called to give something to the Nehemiah Fund, just do it that way. Write a check to the Nehemiah Fund and make sure that uh, we know that it goes over to that fund. Okay? As a follow-up
1: to that about Harry.
0: Whoa! I almost hit you with this.
1: Uh, I talked to Dave yesterday and see, get an update how things are going. Harry's about the same, but he is, and just to let everyone know, yes, and they know that we're all praying for them very much. They are Harry's getting settled in. He's living with Dave and Tammy on East Maple Street in Palmera. That's where he's going to be and stay. Okay. He will be staying there, and it's, it's really good in the way that he's being well taken care of with the medication. I mean, Tammy's a nurse, so oh. I know she's going to do her job thoroughly she does anyway. <laughs> yeah. And he's where he needs to be. Good. Too bad, too <coughs> sad, and horrible of a fire. But it, Tammy even said, "We don't have the reasons why things happen, but right now, this is getting Harry. <coughs> We're going to get Harry straightened out. Otherwise, you know, even his own health. Uh, he's. I'm just happy he's where he is. Yeah. And they're really yeah. working together, and it brought him and." Dave and his other brother Mike, together even closer than what they were, because it wasn't all great uh, relationships between them, of, of the boys.
0: Okay. I think I didn't heal here from my mask,: so. Anybody else have anything they would like to share? Amy,
3: I have a few. So a couple weeks ago, we shared about our neighbor's grandson being in a car accident. Um, he was able to be home at Easter, but then had to go back into the hospital to have more surgeries. Okay. Um, last report, I mean, he has a long road ahead of him, but he seemed to be doing doing good. He got his appetite back, right? He's so he's 21 years old, and for I don't how was it 12 weeks he couldn't put it, he can't put any weight on. His legs, yeah, because both of them have oh gosh. things wrong. Um, another one would be his uncle had passed away, Doc, Doc's uncle, Kenny Baumgardner, had passed away the last Saturday. And the services for him, um, they had a service on Thursday and then they had a like a memorial service yesterday. Um, he was 66 years old and he had pancreatic cancer. Oh, that's terrible. Um, so yes, just pray for that family. Um, and then his cousin's little boy—they—they they just had their fourth fourth child, and their two and a half year old. Well, he, he's close to being two and a half. Um, they noticed some things with his eyes that didn't seem quite right, and I guess just some other things, and made it the decision to you know check out check it out with the pediatrician um and they found that he has a brain tumor.
0: Oh.
3: And they did um operate this past week and they from what I was understanding yesterday they think that they've got it all but they will have to what? Yeah, it yeah, I mean and they will have to follow up with um chemotherapy. So mm. just keep that family in your prayers too. Oh gosh. Uh yes. So the 21 year old is, is Dawson Spittler. And then his uncle is Ken Bumgardner, Kenny Bumgardner, Kenneth, however you want to say. Um, and then the little boy is Gus Bumgardner.
0: Okay. You say he's about two and a half, mm-hmm. uh, what a terrible thing. That's, and uh, we,
3: on a happy note, his birthday is on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm not the <dizzy>, I mean. <laughs> 29.
0: That's, that's a happy note, yeah. Okay, those are our concerns and our joys that he's 29. Okay, he's 29, what? 29. <laughs> 24. <laughs> and Amy's 18. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sure. Let me get over there.
3: So just an update on Ty. um, With the shingles and his eye, he did see a specialist on Friday, and they said it looks good, um, but they do want to see him back again in six months? No, in uh, two months. Oh, two months specialist.
0: Okay. All right. Just to make sure.
3: Right. I do know. So when you, I said, do you have to really try to keep it open? Because it is still kind of like affected. I mean, you know, it's better, but you can definitely tell that there's something going on there. I mean, so yeah, he, but he's, sounds good. He's doing, doing good otherwise. So. Okay. All right. And as far as he did find a milk market for as far as that, some of, I think mom had shared that about, um, yeah. they said he couldn't, you know, the, the where he was shipping said, you know, he had 28 days to find a new place and he has found another place now to that's go a blessing with, too. with the milk, so, yep. Yeah.
0: Well, well.
3: <laughs> but I, yep, he's got somewhere to go with it, so. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Think, I think that's it. Okay,
0: <laughs> all right. Yeah, with schools being closed and kids not consuming milk at school, uh, some of these dairies are having to cut back. And unfortunately, it hit home. So. Well, I'm sure there's other concerns and other joys that aren't verbalized. But uh, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to come here this morning. And thank you for always being open to our requests, our concerns, our joys. And we'd love to talk to you. And that's why we pass this microphone around so that we not only can share our concerns with each other, but we can address them to you. We have concerns about people who possibly are facing life-threatening situations, maybe even end-of-life situations. Lord, we pray for their souls. We pray that they are believers. And if they are believers, there's no fear. Of course, we hate to see people who are close to us leave us. But there's joy in the fact that they are going to be with you. And we'll get to see them again. That's the better thing yet. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. And thank you, Lord, for people who have reported that they are on the mend, especially for Karen with her foot. And we think of Gus, the little guy with the brain tumor. Lord, that's such a heartbreak. But you have equipped doctors with skills, and we pray that they have used those skills to the utmost and that he will re- survive and he will, he will come back better than ever. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we think of Harry with his loss of his home. Bless him and bless his family as they take care of him. We pray that they will find a way forward and that Harry will be even better the care of his, his family thank you Lord other people that are suffering from various diseases uh, cancers oh just, just it's just mind boggling what our bodies that are so delicate that you have designed so specifically the things that can go wrong We're not invincible, and we need you. And we pray that those that are struggling with uh, low blood platelets, all sorts of diseases, all sorts of problems, all sorts of complications, that you will intercede where you see fit. Thank you for that. Thank you that you've done that in the past, and we know it. We've seen miracles performed by you, and we know that you are the miracle God. And we thank you for that. Lord, we also pray for Christians throughout the world. Lord, there's so much turmoil, not only in our country here, but throughout the world. Your saints face opposition at every turn. We think of those believers in Nigeria, the Sudan, China, North Korea, just to name a few. Lord, give them perseverance. Let them know that you're there. Place your mighty hand between them and their opposition. Lord, thank you for their faith. Thank you that you are the one that they look to. And thank you for what you have done for them in the past. We pray that they will be able to worship you, turn to you, and that they will not have oppression from those who want to harm them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for their faith. And Lord, we pray that you would dump mercy on this nation. We are a nation of sinners, Lord. We have turned from you. We are similar to the, your chosen people, the Hebrews, who have a history of turning away from you and chasing after other gods. And that's exactly what we're doing here. Lord, help us Help us to do the right thing. Help us to reach out to other believers and non-believers at this point who are searching for something to grasp onto, and that something is you. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done for this congregation and all you have done for congregations throughout our nation. And, Lord, we pray that you will bless our leaders. We may not agree with their direction but we pray that you will intercede, that you will put a spark of hope in their heart. Thank you, Lord. And now, Lord, we pray all this in your Son's holy name, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our risen Lord. Amen. Next is our giving of our tithes and offering. Thank you for being here. We're blessed to have you. you rescued me, <laughs> and I appreciate it. So we're anxious to hear your message. Thank you.
4: Oh, you have, your, oh, you have a mic Yes, I have a mic on. Oh. <laughs> and I got it turned on. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you get a kind of a last-minute call on... Uh, Thursday afternoon, you're going like, okay, now what do I preach? Um, But you know, God always gives the message. It's not so much what, maybe what I want to say, but what God lays on my heart. And um, as I was awake through the night on Thursday night, just because of some other things going on, which I will touch on in my... Uh, message this morning but then I was like okay what am I preaching so I started thinking about different scriptures and what God laid on my heart was from Matthew the fifth chapter and I'm going for the scripture this morning reading verses 13 through 16 it's from the sermon on the mount and Jesus is speaking to the disciples and all those who are gathered around him you you they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. May God bless the reading of his holy word. This morning we want to look at that first verse, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. So I ask you this morning, what is salt used for? Seasoning? Seasoning. Mm-hmm. Flavoring? Preservation. Preservation, yeah? Melt snow. Melt snow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we ended up having to use some of that this winter. You know, now the everything's blooming outside. you know what a change. What are some other any, any other things that salt? It does sting in an open wound, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like you don't want to cleanse a wound with, with salt. <laughs> but yet, salt can have healing qualities as well. Uh, you have a sore throat, what did they tell you to do? Gargle with warm salt water. And there's something that's very it, it, easing, you know, uh, about that. Any other things that's about salt? It's use for softening. If you have a water softener in your home, what do you have to put in? You have to put, keep putting salt in there all the time. Uh, salt's used for soaps, and, and uh, over uh, around the Dead Sea, you know, they, they take the water and the, and, the, and the salt from there, and they, they make, um, you know, like skin conditioners and, and bath oils or, or you know bath salts from it, so that when you soak in that, you know, and it, I know at my sister's place, they have a water softener. So it's like, yeah, I come out, it's like your skin just feels softer when, when that salt is there. Your hair feels softer. Yeah, so, so it's used as that. I did a little looking on the internet because I thought, you know, what are some, you know, just kind of curious, you know, because I had come up with some things on my own. But it, it was said about tanning leather. It's used in that. And for dyeing cloth in our fabrics, when they dye it, they use the salt then to set the dye, Uh, bleaching, production of pottery, uh, chlorine, the chemical industry. And then I heard there was an interesting one there. It said take a, when you have your skillet or your fry pan and you've washed it, put some salt in it and then put it in an oven, a warm oven, and leave it in there. And when you take it out, wipe the salt away, and the next time you use it, nothing will stick. It's like nature's Teflon. I'd have to do a little more looking up on that one, but, but I thought, huh, that's interesting. I never heard that one before. So, and also about deodorizing water bottles. Yeah. So salt has many uses. Now, another question. If salt loses its flavor, it can't be used for the, the flavoring that seasoning anymore. Are there any uses for it? After that? Good for throwing away? (laughs) It says that that it can be used for eliminating the smell of garlic. Toothpaste. Have you ever used salt for toothpaste? Uh, Unstick food from a pan. I guess yeah, if you burn something, you can put salt in there. I've used baking soda already in pans to help getting burned stuff off, but apparently you can use salt too. Um, clean the oven quicker and cleaning a coffee pot. Now in our scripture, it talks about salt being trampled underfoot. And what we learned from a lot of the salt in Israel was taken from the Dead Sea area. But there, uh, and, and from the Dead Sea itself, but at the southwest corner of the Dead Sea, and I don't know exactly where it is. They said there's kind of a, a, a hill, or, or, or that where there's a lot of salt. Now some indicate that that might be where Lot's wife was turned into the pillar. So I, I have no clue about that one. I can't give you, a, but it, where this hill of salt is, that they take it out on the outer shell. There's a lot of impurities. Even the salt from the Dead Sea, there's a lot of impurities. It's not pure salt, and so that salt that has the impurities in it will go bad. If you have just salt, pure salt with no iodine or anything in it, it'll last forever. But if it has impurities in, that's when it loses its flavoring. That's when it loses it. it's worth. It, you know that it's worth something. So in Israel, what they would do, they would take this salt, the worthless salt. And on the flat roofs that are made out of, of dirt and clay, they would put it, you know, sprinkle it up there to harden the soil and to prevent leaks. These roofs are still used today. You know, when I was over there in 2012, we saw children up in the roof that morning when it had snow. They were up there, and they were making snowballs, and some of our people tossed them over. But, you know, so, so... In Israel there are a lot of these flat roofs and the salt is put up there to harden that ground so literally that worthless salt is trampled underfoot. So when Jesus used that as an example the people knew exactly what he was talking about. And that's the neat thing about what what Jesus tells us because it's all things that the people could really relate to and understand. It's harder for us today because things have changed. We don't have the flat roofs here. We're not using salt up on our roofs to harden that ground. But the people understood that from his day. So now we look at this scripture a little bit more. It says, You are the salt of the earth. But the salt loses its saltiness. How can it be made salty again? I said, He was talking to the people around him. Jesus didn't say, I am the salt of the earth. No, He said it to the people, You. And so it was said at that time, but it's for all of us today. You and I are the salt of the earth. Coming from the earth and we are the salt, we have to be the ones out in the world around. So the question then comes, how can we be salt in the world in which we are living? And are there times that we kind of get to that point, we cross over that line when we become worthless. You know, we kind of lose our flavor and, and I think that can happen sometimes for us depending what we're going through in life. Sometimes we're not always as tuned in as what we need to be. Uh, so as we go through this message, because um, I thought of, you know, looking at the worthlessness, but, but they're going to contrast. We're going to see it as, as we go through, you know, that which is salty and that which becomes kind of worthless in the salt. Uh, and, and, and what I did, I was looking in my Bible, and you know there's always those references, you know, words and that, you know. So I f- did a little bit of following of that just to see. Uh, wait. So I, from Mark 9.50, we read these words. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. And from that scripture went on to other things. So when I'm asking that question, how can we be salt? First and foremost, if we're going to be salt to other people, we have to have an allegiance to Jesus Christ in the gospel. That's first and foremost in our lives. Because we can't be of any flavoring to anybody else if we aren't in tune with Jesus Christ. And so we need to put Jesus first in our lives, and we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And I know sometimes that's easy, and then sometimes the things of life, you know, really get going on, and, and, you know, we're the ones that kind of move away from Christ. Christ is always there with us, and his hand is reaching out to us, and we can grasp hold of it. And that's the neat thing about Jesus, because he's always willing to, to take hold of us and, and, and draw us back close to him. So we want to look at some ways that we can be salt in the world. And I want to turn to Colossians, the fourth chapter. I'm going to be starting to read with uh, verse 2. Let's keep that up there. Um, It's allergy season. So (laughs) just uh, Colossians 4, reading verses 2. Through six. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Interesting words from Paul. So I'm hoping you've picked up some of the things about uh, how we can be people of salt And first there, he says, devote yourselves to prayer. Now, when we think about prayer, you know, we want to be persistent in our prayers. And I know sometimes we'll pray for something for a while, and then we we forget about it. And then we thought, "Well, wait a second. You know what? Let's, we we need to keep praying. We haven't gotten an answer to that. So we want to be persistent in prayer. Pray continually. Now, that doesn't mean that we're off someplace on our knees all the time. No, we're praying as we're going through our day and, and the activities that we are doing. We want to be spontaneous in our prayer, you know, because you never know what happens in a day. And just like that, you know, you can pray because our prayers don't need to be long. Prayers can be short. Prayers can be a couple of words, you know, like, Lord, help me find this whatever you're looking for. You know, that's happened to me multiple times. You know, I start looking for something, then it's like, just stop and pray about this. And so I go about doing it, and God says, you know, then I get, I can, it's like, I look there. I go back and look again, and sure enough, you find what you're looking for. Um, that, That happens, I think, for all of us, you know, at times. And as we're praying, then, we're going to be dependent on God. Because we know we can't do it on our own. So we're going to be looking to God and and, and depend on God. And in doing that, we're going to be obedient to God. And as we pray and have that connection with God, be thankful. Be thankful for what God does for you. And and, uh, the things that he provides, you know, for us. And then also be watchful. Be alert, because Christ is coming again. And it's going to be soon. Uh, I'm not going to give... I don't, I don't know dates. I don't go there. But, but you know, uh, I look at things in this world and what's happening, and it's like Christ's return is coming. So if we're going to be people of salt, we need to be watching and waiting for Christ's return and have our hearts ready uh, for that. And then in, in this scripture... Uh, Paul talks about taking the opportunities that, uh, he says, make the most of every opportunity. So we want to be, you know, aware of those opportunities that come to us when we can share with other people about Jesus Christ. And I like what Paul uh, says here. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. You know, and I think that could be a prayer for every one of us. Lord, today as I'm out and about, let my, the message of Jesus Christ from my life be clear to other people. You know, don't try to muddy the waters, you know, and, and try to tell people all kinds of things. Be just very plain and simple with the message of Jesus Christ. But take those opportunities, and opportunities do arise for you. And I'm going to talk about that in just a, a, little, a little bit. Um, be wise in, in what you say, Uh, strategically, you know, if you can. I mean, sometimes things happen just at the moment, you know, but sometimes you can plan and have a strategy, you know, maybe it's somebody that you witnessed to before, somebody that you know that you've been talking to, and you, you know, so you can invite them to somebody, you you know, make a plan. But no matter what you say or what you do, always be ethical. You know, don't give people some kind of line or or do something to try to cause a trap or whatever. Be ethical in, in, in the things that you're doing as a Christian. But we also th- need to think about how we act. Our work should win the respect of outsiders, of unbelievers. You know, so no matter what we do. In the commentary that I use, there's, this, uh, there's a little block there. And, and I would just want to share with what it had to say. This is, it was titled, Working. And I quote, How can we be salt when we're working? Most jobs, even the humdrum kind, provide opportunities for, salt, for saltiness. We can solve problems, keep equipment working, and serve human needs. Christians ought to be proud of their work. Next time you think you're going nowhere in a boring job, consider your work as a thank you to God. For the salvation that Christ gave us. Do your job with skill and commitment as a missionary in the marketplace, salting your small corner of the world with God's message of renewal and joy. End quote. I liked what it said about being a missionary in the marketplace. Do we think about ourselves as being a missionary? When we're out doing our normal daily routines, going to the hairdresser, going to the grocery store, uh, you know, wh- wherever, um, and salting your small corner of the world. Bring a difference to the people that you interact with. That's important. There is, uh, I brought a, a book along with this. This is a study guide by Dr. David Jeremiah. How to Live According to Jesus, and there's two volumes, and this is on the Sermon on the Mount. And I just want to read a short thing that he wrote in here about this being salt. And he states, I read a story recently about a man named Stan who got saved late in life. He got all excited about his new faith and wanted to tell his coworkers what had happened to him. But when he sat down with the man whose office was next door and started sharing his testimony... The man replied, Oh, I'm glad to hear you've become a Christian. I've been a Christian for years. Stan's response was to get angry. Here he had been on the path towards hell, and a believer right next to him had never bothered to share the good news of the gospel of Christ. That man had lost his saltiness. Without sharing his faith openly with those around him, he was good for nothing. Christians had been given the ministry of preservation, and when we ignore it, we become worthless in the faith. Think about people that you work with, or friends, or relatives. Do they know that you're a Christian? You know, have have your actions in that told them that? And when we think about uh, being a Christian and being salt, it comes back to our speech. And is our speech seasoned with salt? You know, Paul here talks about uh, let your conversation always be full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Speech that is gracious is kind and courteous. Speech that is seasoned with salt is interesting as opposed to dull. So we see the, 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 the saltiness we see the salt, you know, that has become worthless. Uh, speech that's interesting opposed to speech that is dull. Speech with salt is, uh, invites interaction. Other speech as, as opposed to refusing to listen and discuss. You know, let's be open. Let's listen to other people, what they have to say. Because you know what, a lot of times if we're willing to listen to other people, they're going to be more willing to listen to us as well. And so, you know, have ears that are open and and listening. Speech that is seasoned with salt adds spice to a discussion by penetrating to deeper levels. And that speech that is uh, seasoned with salt is pure and wholesome as opposed to filthy language. I want to turn to, uh, back to Colossians, uh, the third chapter, and uh, at verse 8, uh, 8 through 10. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. You hear what Paul is saying there? Put away the things. Because you know what? If if anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language is part of us, then, then we're not being the salt to other people. We all get angry at times. And there's times that we should be angry about things. But when we get angry, be very careful what we say. You know, sometimes we need to stop for a moment before you speak, uh, particularly when you feel that anger, you know, coming up in you, because, you know, you, you, the words that can come out of our mouths can tarnish our Christian witness very quickly. Stop and think what we say. You know, and sometimes it's better off to just walk away from a situation for a bit. And... Uh, you know, maybe come back later to talk to somebody. And that filthy language. Um, I know when I was in the, in the workforce at, at different places, yeah, you could hear all kinds of curse words sometimes from people. Um, you know, filthy language can include all kinds of things. You know, that of name-calling, the off-color jokes, you know, if that goes on at a workplace, do you stand there and participate with it and, and listen to that and go along with it, or do you turn and walk away and let people know that, you know, that's not part of what I'm going to do? It's, it makes us stop and think about what is important and how we show people who we are and how we live our lives. Along with this, let's turn to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, um, Starting with verse 29. Ephesians 4 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be salt. Do the kind things for others. You know, don't, don't let the bitterness be in our, in, in our life. But be kind and compassionate, forgiving others. Because we're forgiven in Christ. So therefore we can forgive others. No Christian should have a dull, tiresome, know-it-all monologue of his or her faith. Instead, Christians have exciting news to share with the world let people know about the things that you pray for. Um, In the last couple of weeks, I was been out looking for a car. And this week, I finally found the car I wanted. (laughs) And I was at a dealership on Monday and drove some cars. My sister and I went to another place on Tuesday. And uh, Wednesday I connected back up with the one dealer I was with, on a Subaru dealer, on, on Monday. And I asked her about another car that wasn't there on Monday, but now I see it on their, their website. And she says, yeah, I know the car you're talking about. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the price point. And she says, can you come in tonight? And I was like, no, that's not going to work. But I can be there Thursday morning at 9 o'clock. And she said, okay. She says, if it sells, you know, I'll, I'll text you or, or that. And I said, well, there's another one I'm interested too. So we made that 9 o'clock appointment. Now, when I first started this car search a few weeks ago, I was just praying, God, let me know what car it is that you want me to get. Provide the car, you know, for me. And let me know for sure that that's what you want. So Wednesday, when I talked to her, she said, yeah, somebody had looked at that car yesterday. And uh, so I was praying Wednesday night, you know, please, God, if that's the car you want, then let it be there Thursday morning. I went there to the dealership at 9 o'clock, which is when, the, when they opened up, and uh, the car was there. So I drove it. I drove another car there that had all the same features on it, you know, and, and, uh, and then my sister and I were talking about it, and we were there in the presence of, of the salesperson. And that, and I said, you know, well, last night I prayed that if that's the car I'm supposed to have, that it would be here this morning. And God has that car here. You know, it's just a simple way of letting somebody know that I was praying about getting that car. You know, getting, getting the car. You know, I don't have to say to that person, hey, do you know Christ? You know, anything like that. You know, it's sometimes the simple little things that we say. You know, I was praying about that, and this happened. I want to share another story. Something, and this happened a couple years ago down in Wilmington. I went to the Walmart. I was only getting a few things. Didn't even get a, get a cart. You know, I just walked in. But as I was walking by the women's clothing, there was a sign, clearance. Well, if it's clearance, I have to look at it. You know, just see what they have there and see what the price is, you know. Yeah, when you see clearance, you don't, you don't pass them by. So I'm, I walk in there, and I see, and there's these, these, these tops all folded up, and there's keys laying on top of this clothing. And there was a woman standing there shopping. I thought, well, maybe there's her, they're hers. And, and I just walked on, left the keys lay there, and I, because I thought, should I take them in? But I left them lay there. I went and did my shopping. I get in the checkout line. Now, I go to the ones where there's a checker there. Once in a great while, I use a self-checkout, but that's not my habit. Because you know what? I want to talk to that person that's in the checkout calendar, you know, and just try to brighten their day up a little bit. You know, a lot of times I'll say, how are you? And I'll just turn and say, well, how are you doing today? So, but I'm in this line. There's, you know, there's several of us, and there's this woman in front of me with her cart and her and I got in this conversation and about, you know, going to a checkout person and I don't know what else we talked about but several things and then it's time and so she checks out and she goes on her way. I check my few things out and I'm walking out with my little bag and and here she is standing along the side with her cart and she sees me. Now, if her and I didn't have that conversation before in the checkout line, she probably would have never talked to me but she had already had some conversation with me, and she sees me again, and she says, I can't find my keys. I'm looking everywhere. She says, I've looked in my pockets. I've looked in my pocketbook. She says, I can't find my keys. And all of a sudden, I remembered those keys that I saw. And I said, were you over in the women's department? She says, yeah, I was. I said, because I saw keys laying over there. I swear." where? So I take her over. You know, we, we head back into the store. And we get close, and she says, those are my keys. And she got her keys. She said, I don't even know how. She by this time, she's so flustered. And she's like, I don't even know how to get out of the store. And I said, you know, come this way. But before I left her, I says, God put me here to help you. You know, there's no way. I know some people say, oh, that's just a coincidence. No. God left me see those keys. And he put me behind that woman in that checkout line. There's no way that the two of us would have been together and that we would have had that conversation. But it was a way that God left me help somebody else out. That's being salt to the people around us. It's not big flowery words that you say. It's the simple things that you do to help somebody else out and to let somebody know that you care about them. What are the everyday happenings in your life where you can experience the leading of God? And when you do, tell somebody about it. You know, we're quick to tell people where you can get a good deal, you know, or, or, uh, hey, you know, go here, you know, to buy such and such. You know, we, we always want to share those things. But how many times are we sharing about how God is working in our lives, the things that God does for us. Let's share them with other people. In 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. We have hope in Christ. Are we sharing that hope with other people? We have the assurance of eternal life. Are we letting other people know that? Be alert, watch for Christ's coming but be sharing the hope of Jesus Christ with other people. Amen.